Generation Z expert. It's refreshing to hear him speak so optimistically and confident about us. What's more refreshing is it's not me interviewing him. Audrey Nussbaum, our new lead strategist, who I talked to a few episodes back, knocked this episode out of the park. Audrey interviews Mark Beal, who has over 25 years of PR and marketing experience and is a professor at Rutgers University over in New Jersey. I mentioned he's an expert in Gen Z and I meant it. He authored a book called Decoding Gen Z, 101 Lessons Generation Z Will Teach Corporate America, Marketers, and Media. And he recently published a follow-up called Engaging Gen Z. Along with that, he has two other fantastic publications out there that they will definitely cover. He's a great guy that is optimistic for us and our future, despite graduating in these tough conditions. I cannot believe how much how much advice he and Audrey uncover in this episode. It's really, it's really phenomenal. My favorite part is when he talks about an assignment he gives to his senior level classes, where he makes each student fill out their own strategic brand plan. So he is an expert in personal branding. So if you find anything useful, I implore you to visit Mark's website at markbealspeaks.com, where you can find all his useful resources. And follow us on Instagram at enteringad. So this is the Breaking and Entering Podcast, and Audrey is your accomplice for this episode. Kick it, Mikey. Hello, everyone. In case you cannot tell, Gino is not your host today. My name is Audrey Nesbaum, and I have recently joined the Breaking and Entering team. I'm a recent graduate from Indiana University, and if you want to learn more about me, Gino interviewed me on a podcast episode a couple weeks ago, and I'm so excited to be here today with our guest, Mark Beal. Hello, Mark. How are you today? Audrey, thanks for having me, and I love that I'm your, your first guest, so this is great. Two, two Big Ten uh, Conference uh, you know, alums here. Exactly. So for our audience to know a little bit about Mark, Mark is coined the Gen Z expert with multiple books that we will talk about today, focusing on our generation, as well as an experienced marketer, keynote speaker, and PR professor at Rutgers. All right, Mark. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about where you are, you know, the pandemic's been going on a while now. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I, it's, it's interesting. As you said, the pandemic now has been going on for a while. So I think all of us, you, me, and everybody else has mm-hmm. kind of had to figure ways to, to innovate and transform. I know for me, it's, it's, it's led to a lot more creating content. I, I've been writing columns for, you know, outlets like the Sunday Newark Star Ledger in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, conducting interviews like this, delivering a lot more keynote speeches, but of course, all virtually through webinars. So whether it's a webinar with the American Marketing Association or the Association of National Advertisers or the Public Relations Society of America. I'm doing kind of one of those a week where I used to probably travel maybe once a month. So it, again, it's, it's just kind of forced us to think differently, operate differently, market ourselves differently. And so um, I think we've all learned a lot through this that we can apply you know, now and in the future because I, don't, I think a lot of this is going to stay with us as far as you know, doing things remotely and virtually and, and through webinars and others. Um, so it's been, uh, I, I call it, it's been a great kind of test and learn and a great way for me and you and, you know, my students at Rutgers, I, I say, use this time to try new things, um, uh, you know, do more networking virtually, all those kinds of things. So as opposed to taking kind of a, a pessimistic attitude, I, I see it as an opportunity. 
Yeah, it opens our network. You know, you don't just have to get coffee with somebody in your city. You can meet with anybody across the nation or even the world. Um, and, I, and, I, and I, just to build on that to your point, and I know it ties in nicely to the theme of the show. Mm -hmm. I actually completely agree. And, and I actually think that everybody out there, and again, we'll, we'll just talk about the business of marketing, advertising, right. public relations, social media. I think the executives, the, the, the seasoned professionals, are more apt, more eager, more likely to want to network, to want to collaborate, to want to help students. You know, I've, as I said, I've written a few columns lately, and one of the things mm -hmm. I've written about you and your generation, which as you know, I love Gen Z, yeah. is your resilience, your entrepreneurial spirit, your kind of never say, you know, die attitude. And I think for those reasons, um, I do think there are marketers and ad folks and PR folks out there 10, 15, 20, 25 years, who see that and, and you know, are, are quick to say, yeah, let, let's hop on a Zoom call. Let's have a phone call. Um, I do want to learn more about you and, and help you. I just, I just think there's that kind of positive uh, collaboration more so now during the pandemic than even prior because I think people are realizing, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to be in the position I'm in. I want to help others now. Right. Yeah. I want to talk on that point that you talked about resilience and Gen Z, you know, as a professor, you're working every day with our generation. And I would like to hear about that transition, you know, back in March during that crazy time where schools in the, in a, in a second, you know, transitioned into the online world. How did that transition work for your students? And do you have any suggestions, you know, to our audience on how to be a successful student online or even uh, for our students that are, you know, beginning to start jobs, be a successful entry-level professional online? I love that you asked that question because to your point, it was a transition for everybody, right? We went from, <laughs> and you, and you firsthand, I mean, you went from the classroom, face-to-face, yeah. -face, face face-to-face collaboration, guest lectures coming in, guest speakers, all those things, having that, that close connection with your professors to almost overnight, we're no longer to meet face to face. We're now going to do everything by email and Zoom and you know you name it in Canvas. And um, so I think obviously there's that's a major major transition that you know impacts all of us in different ways. So I think one as a professor, um, I need to recognize that I need to understand that I need to understand that not every student has the same technology at home, has the same mm -hmm. available technology at home. So you have to take all those things to, into consideration and. And so my approach has been, and even now as I'm teaching summer courses and preparing for fall, it's, it's actually over-communicating with students. It's delivering, um, so for example, even lectures. I'm delivering them in you know, two different versions, lectures with just slides and the content and lectures with my audio and video. Again, it, I would never do that during a normal semester because usually we'd be in class, but it's those kind of things. Um, I just came up with an idea this month that I'm going to implement in the fall. I teach... Uh, for marketing and PR courses at Rutgers at the undergraduate and graduate level. And normally I bring in, I love bringing in guest lectures, especially since we're so close to New York, advertisers, marketers, PR professionals, you name it. Um, not going to be able to do that. So what I'm going to do, and we'll see how it takes off, but I came up with this thing called Meet a Marketer Monday. And every Monday at 7 p.m. on Zoom, I'm going to have a CMO, a CEO, someone from the ad world, the marketing world, the PR world, and I'm going to invite all, you know, 150 plus of my students. Now, it's not mandatory. It's not graded. But if I'm a student like you, Audrey, how, and I already know how you operate, you will be the first to say, I'm getting on that call because I want to meet that CMO. I want to meet that CEO of that PR agency. Because, again, that's how, you know, you know, you and I know each other a little bit. I know that's your mindset. So 
that's just another thing that I'm going to try to do again, over service, over communicate, deliver as much value to my students knowing that we're not physically in the same uh, location once or twice a week. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds really interesting. You know, even in a non-pandemic world, I think that's something that will be really helpful to students and honestly something we may have never thought of without COVID-19. Um, and then kind of on that point, I was wondering, you know, for recent gra graduates like myself and the other listeners, do you have any suggestions on how to be a successful entry-level um, professional online? Great question. I, I probably, today alone, I probably had four or five or six phone calls, emails, exchanges with recent graduates like yourself who graduated from the class of 2020 who were out there trying to get that first full-time job. And so I, I tell them a couple of things. I say one, and I know it's easy for me to say this, is one, try to maintain a positive attitude. It can be very negative, right? Uh, I'm not seeing job openings. The ones I applied to, I'm not hearing back from. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting any help from anyone. So I know it's hard, but try to be positive. Try to be, maintain an optimistic outlook every day. Number two, as I mentioned, I do think that folks who are in positions already are eager to help. So do not hesitate. Do not be afraid to connect with someone on LinkedIn, to leverage a, a relationship with a professor or someone else to make an introduction, because I do think those people will respond. And I think they can give you insights and value that will be very helpful. And I think they might even make other connections. And then the third is, um, you know, as we know right now, a lot of agencies, a lot of companies, a lot of brands, they are in, you know, they're not in business as usual. So many are in hiring freezes, many are operating remotely, but I am starting to see more and more positions slowly open up mm -hmm. over the last week or two or three, more than I saw over the last month or two or three. I just last night got an email about um, three positions at a, a company, all in public relations. So it's going to require a little bit extra effort, right. a little bit extra kind of what I call detective work, meaning, you know, connecting those dots, digging in, researching, calling again, former professors, former supervisors at internships, and just working extra hard. But I am starting to see graduates of the class of 2020 secure positions over the past mm -hmm. month or so. And um, so to me, that's, that's giving me, you know, positive momentum that it's going to open up even more as we get into the fall. Yeah, definitely a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Even myself, you know, as a job searcher, I, this week, honestly, I've seen quite a few positions, which has been great. Um, here you talked about, you know, a little bit on reaching out to LinkedIn, you know, to find mentorship. But a question I had is a member of Gen Z, how can we as mentees bring benefits to our, our mentors? Well, here's the great thing, Audrey, and I'll be the first to admit it. You know so much more about things like TikTok than I ever will. You know so much more about certain social media, digital media, content, um, apps, technology, you and Gen Z. Why? Because you grew up in this, right? I, every time I deliver a keynote speech, I kick it off with a quote that gets the whole room laughing. Now, I wish it was my quote. It's not, but I attribute it to the right person. I attribute it to the CMO of MTV who said, Generation Z was the first generation that learned to swipe before they could wipe. Mm -hmm. And of course, it always gets a chuckle, which, which is intended. But the point is, Gen Z has had that phone, that iPad in their hand since the age of one, two, and three. They are what I like to call entrepreneurial spirited. They are tech driven. They are digitally savvy. And if I am a 30 plus year old uh, executive of any kind, as you said, a mentor or, or, or even just an executive, 
Gen Z can deliver incredible value to me, my organization, my agency, because of everything they do know and the way they think and the way they operate. And so my message to the mentors, the veterans out there, the marketing vets, the seasoned professionals, and I would say, again, anyone 30 and over, I, I deliver this every time. I said, if I'm you, I'm inviting people like Audrey and others, Gen Zers, to be part of I, in fact, I even call it, I say, not only hiring them, but I call designate everyone your CEO, meaning when they get to your agency, they are going to be the, the source of information and insights and data and research about what is new, what is trending, what's next, all those good things. And so I think that is the value you and Gen Zers bring to, again, any, I mean, really anyone, but we'll just call it marketing executives, you know, 25, 30 and over, because you've got your pulse on everything that is is happening now, but the impact it'll have over the next five, 10, 15 years. So to me, that is the value you bring, not just to your mentors, but that's the value you bring to an organization, whether that's ad agency, PR agency, digital media agency, and or a brand or a corporation. Yeah, I think that's great. I think sometimes as a member of Gen Z, we feel like we can't offer help to our mentees, but we have to remember, you know, we can. We're the, as you said, TikTok experts. Um, so we can bring that advice, those insights to our mentors to help them, you know, have a little bit of insight into what Gen Z wants. I'll, I'll leave an audio if you don't mind. I'm just going to build on that a little bit because it ties in nicely to this, this theme is, so again, I am, as you know, so bullish on Gen Z. You know, when mm -hmm. I met you, I, I, I got done our call and I was so excited and energized by your energy and your proactive mindset and your entrepreneurial spirit. A couple of months ago, I heard about a couple of New Jersey Gen Z college students who, after the pandemic hit in late March, early April, were sitting around and said, well, let's not just sit around. Maybe, maybe we can help. Maybe we can contribute. Maybe we can do something. Within 24 hours, these two or three Gen Zers came up with a virtual campaign called Making Lemonade, which was basically a lemonade stand online. So they, mm -hmm. they, they, you know, one, they said, we have to have a purpose here, which again, I always say Gen Z is the purpose generation. And I truly believe that Two, the entrepreneurial spirit. They not only just said, well, we have to purpose and, and kind of tucked it away. They said, and they brainstormed. And in 24 hours, they had a concept. Within 48 hours, they reached out to another Gen Zer and said, we need a web platform for this. Can you create that? That platform was created in about four or five days, which I was found incredible. And then to top that off, they mobilized about 100 plus Gen Zers at 25 universities across America with this Making Lemonade campaign, which was going to raise funds and all the funds were going to go to organizations like Feeding America and other hunger relief organizations. Well, long story short, within about a month, and I may be off my dates, they raised 100, and, 100 plus thousand dollars wow, through this, again, awesome. idea. And not only was I impressed so much by, again, everything I just went through, but I went back to them and I said, hey, by the way, kind of on a related note, how the heck did you get that website up and running within days? And I said, can I meet the person? And so anyway, they introduced me to, and I had that Gen Zer just create, design, and launch my website, um, markbealspeaks.com, because again, I met with lots of other folks who might've been a little bit older, and I was getting a lot of run around and a lot of talk and a lot of this, but I wasn't getting what I thought was just action. Right. And uh, so they introduced me and sure enough, within a few weeks, you know, this, this Gen Zer, you know, met with me, created it, designed it and launched the site all within a few weeks. And I'm so excited by it. But again, that's value that a Gen Zer brought to me in this case. And now I'm out there sharing uh, his work with others because I think uh, what he did in such a short time is, is just amazing. 
Yeah, no, that's great. That's a perfect, perfect example. And we will make sure to share your website with the audience so that you guys can check it out and learn more about Mark. Um, but, you know, kind of focusing on you a little bit now and your career as a writer. So your first book was titled 101 Lessons That They Never Taught You in College. So I was wondering if you could talk about that book a little bit and your inspiration for writing it. Absolutely. I mean, I think throughout my career, I've always loved writing. I was a journalism major, graduated from Rutgers University in 1989. And while I was there uh, during my early years, I, I was a kind of a stringer writer for the Asbury Park Press. They'd send me out to small sports events. I'd come back and write stories. So I always loved writing. Um, and in the back of my mind, like so many, had the idea of a book. Well, mm -hmm. the light bulb really didn't go off until 2013. Rutgers University called and said, hey, we know you're with an agency in New York, but we're trying to put more of a focus on courses for public relations. Would you be interested in teaching one course? I said, Absolutely. I would love to come back to Rutgers and teach one course. So 2013, 2014, 2015. And as I was teaching after each class and by email and by phone, I was getting just lots and lots of questions from primarily juniors and seniors. You know, how do I write my resume? How do I prepare for a, um, a phone interview versus an in-person interview? What do I do after an interview? Do I send a thank you note? What, you know, all these things. And I said to myself, well, it sounds like these students need these answers, and I'm sure they're available somewhere, but maybe they're just not available in one nice location. So that was the inspiration where my Rutgers students in 13, 14, 15, 16, and I just started taking each of the questions they asked, and I started writing answers, which I called lessons, and they're just these pithy one to two page lessons about, you know, even things like, what do I wear to an interview? I mean, just, again, things like that, and so, um, I knew I was on to something. I was, I was writing it and putting these together. And actually, originally, I was planning on just doing 100. I sent it off to the other. He comes back. He goes, by the way, you have 101. I said, well, actually, actually that's even better if you think about it. 101. Because that kind of ties into college and you know, life 101. Yeah. And um, so that was the first book. That book is still something I give as a gift to my students. So if you, students have me in a course, I provide them a PDF copy of that as a gift. Um, and I, I hope, you know, I hope some of them or many of them <laughs> take time to read it, but it's something I like to give to them. And then, um, it was just, uh, it was a great experience, a great process. And then as it was published and it was published right around, um, I think it was right around maybe April or May, cause it was all about the transition from college to a career media started calling. So CNBC, Fast Company, Fox and others saying, uh, hey, we'd like to interview you for stories about the transition from college to a career. And so it kind of took off on its own. That's awesome. Is there maybe one of your favorite lessons or one of your lessons that really stands out to you that you would like to share with everyone today? I will share, I'll share one, I'll share the first lesson and the last lesson very quickly because I know we don't, we're limited. So the first one is success is a marathon. I use that quote a lot. Obviously, I didn't come up with that quote, but it's just the idea, as you talked about earlier, that you know, securing that first job, the second job, none of it's easy. And so the idea is that as you transition to your career, there are no quick victories or quick wins. It, it, it truly is a marathon. It's a marathon of networking. It's a marathon of informational interviews to formal interviews to finally getting the job. And then even once you get the job, it's a marathon to prove yourself day in and day out consistently. So. It was just the idea that, you know, again, there is no quick fix. You don't graduate today and tomorrow you're the CEO of the company and, you know, you're, you're, you know, and then next thing you know, you're retired. It truly is a marathon and it's a marathon of all those things that you do every single day 
both at work, outside of work, networking, all those things. So that is actually lesson number one. And then lesson number 101 is never stop learning. And so even though this book is intended for college graduates like yourself or juniors and seniors preparing for their transition, the learning doesn't end when you graduate. It actually, to me, it actually just starts because now you're going into a different learning phase. You're going into corporate America. You're going into learn about how do I go from a, a tactician to a strategist? How do I learn how to um, uh, collaborate well with my managers and my supervisors? So it's a whole nother phase of learning, but we're always learning, whether we're 20, 30, 40, 50, and we have to learn because the moment you stop learning, you, to me, you actually start going backwards. So as you said earlier about, you know, the value Gen Z brings to, let's just say, marketers 30 plus. Well, even those marketers 30 plus, they do need to understand what TikTok is all about and why brands are using TikTok, especially if you're in your marketing or advertising and public relations. So we always need to start, continue to learn. So that's uh, lesson 101 is just never stop learning. And, and um, it kind of serves as a nice bookend for, for that particular book. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to read the less, the rest of the 99 lessons. <laughs> um, so then your next book, Career and Transition, um, you wrote in 2019. Is that correct? Prior to the pandemic? Uh, yeah, 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 that is correct. I wrote that in 19, a little bit out of order. So I'll just hit, I'll hit it real quickly. So after the one-on-one lessons college book, I'm like, this thing was really well received. Let me do this now. Let me go out and crowdsource college students on what advice would they give to income, uh, high school seniors coming into college? And within minutes, and I didn't know you at the time, Audrey, within minutes, hundreds of emails are coming in. Of course, the number one response was never skip class, which, <laughs> which I thought was a great one. Yeah. Um, but that book was more of a crowdsourced book, uh, probably a little less research meaning on my part because I really was seeking students like you to give me that advice. And so that book was turned around and I think that came out in 2018 prior to high school graduation that year. And that book, believe it or not, of all the books, appears to be kind of the most popular, the one that sells the most. And it's all about going from, you know, high school to college. And then to your point, um, career and transition. And the career and transition book was interesting because it actually came out of the original 101 uh, college book. Uh, I would get calls from career support networking groups in New Jersey and Pennsylvania saying, hey, we know you wrote this 101 lessons they never taught you in college. Would you mind speaking to executives 30, 40, 50, 60 years old who, who are out of work? And I said, yeah, but the book is really about college. And they said, no, we read the book. We think there's a lot of applications for executives, um, again, who, who are out of work. So I did my first one, I think, in Princeton, New Jersey, probably in 2018, to a room of 100-plus executives who were out of work. And the response was very, very positive. And so uh, I would continue to do those. I've probably done 20 or so of these, what, again, I call them uh, career support networking groups. Right. And um, it was after one in, I think it was early 2019 or late 2018, in East Brunswick, New Jersey, a few miles, believe it or not, from Rutgers, just coincidentally, it was on a cold Saturday morning, and there had to be 150 people in the room. Now, this is when the economy was doing well, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I left there that day, and I said, there is a book here, because all these folks, 30, 40, 50, 60, they are seeking advice and information about how do I get my next job, and they and they, they, they were looking for new ideas, new information, new inspiration. And so that's where uh, Career in Transition came out of was um, those, those speeches I would deliver, but particularly that last speech. And I ended up co-writing that with um, a fellow, Frank Kovacs, who actually founded the organization in East Brunswick. And he founded after 9-11 when so many people were out of work. So for 18, 19 plus years, he's been um, um, running that organization and helping thousands and thousands of people uh, find their next job. 
That's awesome. So does it focus a little bit about um, how these people should brand themselves? That is the entire focus, Audrey. In fact, the, when I go up and deliver a keynote speech to these groups, my first or second slide, the headline reads, from this day forward, you must think and act like a chief marketing officer because you and you alone are the chief marketing officer of your personal brand. Now, I usually pause for a moment because, again, I'm presenting to folks who could be in IT, accountants, mm -hmm. lawyers, you name it. And I usually pause and I repeat it again and I repeat it again. And they kind of look at me a little funny and I say, because again, to your point, not, you know, since none of them per se are marketers, every once in a while there might be a marketer in a room, but since most of them are focused on some other area, they never thought of themselves as marketers. They never thought they had to be a marketer, right? It's like telling me from now on, you need to be an IT guy, right? I, what are you talking about, right? I don't know anything about IT, um, but yeah, it's exactly that. It's that idea that personal brand, which I know, um, you know, whether it's those executives who've been around for 20 or 30 years or individuals like you are graduating college, that personal brand and that personal brand marketing is so, so important in, you know, again, networking and connecting those dots to potentially that next opportunity. Right. And it is, you know, it's kind of cool as advertising or marketing students, you know, we're learning how to market products or brands, but in a way we can take those lessons we learn in school and just apply them back onto ourselves, um, you know, when we're looking for jobs and stuff. So that's something I have always found really interesting. Well, I, and I, to your point, so for my 400 level media marketing and communication course at Rutgers, one of the assignments, which the students, after they do it, come back and are just like, thank you so much for assigning that, is developing their own personal brand marketing strategy. What does their brand stand for? What is the value they can offer? What is their unique value proposition? All those things. And, and I would say for probably 99%, and now these are all seniors primarily, right. I would say none of them have ever taken a big step back and thought about that. So we, we obviously discuss it before they write it and we, and we go through a lot of things, but when they finally get done, like I said, they submit it and they usually say, you know, by the way, thanks. This, I never would have thought to do this. This is going to help me so much now as I do go out and graduate and look for my next job. So I do make that a, uh, an assignment, a real world assignment in my 400 level marketing course. And, and I think, uh, again, majority of students really love it because they, they just never taken time to think of themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's great. You know, for our listeners, you know, that aren't lucky enough to be one of our students, how would you recommend, or sorry, one of your students, <laughs> um, how would you recommend to them to start self-branding? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Um, one is, and I, I do this with my own students, you know, and I know this may sound real simple, but I provide my students probably 10 to 12, um, you know, things like TEDx talks on personal branding, uh, articles on personal branding. Mm -hmm. um, just again, just like anything else we're going to do, right? Let's first conduct some research, right? We can't go out and create a campaign for any brand without first conducting our research. So let's do a little bit of research first. Let's first understand what this all means. And then once we've got a grasp of that and we kind of have a sense of what a brand is and a personal brand and a brand narrative, then I usually go to the point of, okay, now guys, think about your owned media channels. And again, I know most of them don't call it their own media channels. They call it their Instagram page and their Twitter hand, right? But, but you've got your own channels. You own these channels. You are the publisher and editor of these channels. So let's now transition from using them for social purposes and let's now use them for professional purposes. You know, that LinkedIn page that you have that you started sophomore or freshman year that has your nice photo and where you went to school and maybe not much else. 
use it as a content hub, as a place to create and produce and share thought leadership. So I get into all those kinds of things with them. Um, but again, I think a lot of it is, you know, just helping them connect the dots, right? It may not be rocket science, but it's also things they've never thought about or they taking this approach that they've never thought about. And so it's pulling all those own media channels together. Um, it may be as far as going ahead and, you know, creating a web store or creating some sort of a hub as well. Um, and then once you've got that, and I'm really going deep here, so I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. But once you've got those things in place, then I say, okay, now I want you to research, identify, and rank 10, 15, 20, 25 places where you would like to work, whether it's a specific agency, a specific brand, a nonprofit, because this is now we're going to take our marketing and we're going to apply it to kind of a prospecting approach. And so we go through that process. And then once we have that, we start to figure out who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone at these organizations. And let's find a way to get in there, even if it's just for what I call a cup of coffee interview to kind of break through the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is great. Very exciting. Um, and then just bringing it back to your writing in your most recent book, Engaging Gen Z. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about that and um, why our listeners, you know, may want to pick it up and take a read. Absolutely. So as I've said, you know, once or twice during this interview, I am so impressed by you, by Generation Z. And again, I'm impressed because of, again, everything from that entrepreneurial spirit to this purpose, you know, having a purpose and, and believing in a purpose to, you know, something that we, we, we've been talking about a lot the last few months, but the idea of diversity and inclusion, you know, Gen Z is the most diverse generation ever. I also say they're most, they're most, the most inclusive generation, which means, and hopefully you can back me up on this, Audrey, um, <laughs> meaning they, they do open their arms. They do want people to come in. They do want to collaborate with folks of diverse backgrounds, diverse thinking, diverse experiences. They do want to include people in communities and clubs and organizations and work and culture. And so for all those reasons, I'm excited by Gen Z. So back in 20, I guess 17 leading into 18, as a 30-year PR uh, professional marketer, you know, I knew that most companies, most brands were focused on millennials, you know, over the past 10, 12, 15 years. But as, as I was teaching more at Rutgers, I said, well, I think millennials are soon going to be in the rearview mirror. And starting in probably 2020, 21, 22, I think Gen Z is going to become the primary focus for most brands, corporations, and organizations. And so I said, I'm going to get ahead of this. And so latter 2017, early 2018, I just started researching every study, survey, news uh, article I could read about Gen Z and, and again about all the top. And I literally would just read, print, and built a massive folder. Once I got through all that, I said, well, now's the time to start conducting my own primary research, my own qualitative research and quantitative research. And so I conducted interviews by phone, by um, in person, you name it, with uh, Gen Zers from age 13 to 23, from, from Maryland to California, from high school freshmen to those who just graduated college or were college seniors at the time. And again, at the time it was more, what makes them tick? What are they doing on their phones all day? Do they respond to traditional advertising or marketing? That was really what I was getting at back in 18. And that first book was called Decoding Gen Z. And it, was, it received tremendous response from media, uh, from marketers. All of a sudden I was getting calls again from associations, organizations, agencies, professional sports leagues to come in and explain exactly what is Gen Z and you know this whole idea of decoding them. So that book um, I thought was a great start 
but I thought, you know what, decoding is one thing. By the time we get to 2020, 21, 22, it's, it's got to be more about how do we truly engage, effectively engage Gen Z. So it's great that we know what they may be doing on their phones, but how do we effectively engage with them, collaborate with them, come together with them? And so I um, just happened to be reading an article in one of the ad trades, and I read it, you know, anything on Gen Z every day. I literally, the first thing I do when I wake up is I just search Gen Z and I'll read everything and anything. And so there was an article and I read this article and I'm like, well, I, I should probably get in touch with this person. So I get to the end of the article to find out who this writer is. And it turns out it wasn't a writer for that trade magazine. It was a sophomore at Harvard University by the name of Michael Pankowski, who had started his own Gen Z agency at Harvard called Crimson Connection and was writing for one of the leading advertising trade publications. And I'm like, I've got to get, so anyway, found his email, emailed him with a 24 hours email me back and we started this kind of just collaboration. And then at some point along the way, I, I, you know, I said, you know, just kind of at the same time, why don't we co-author a book and let's focus on this idea of engaging. So it's not marketing, it's not advertising to, it's engaging Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And um, that book just came out on May 1st. He and I spent 2019 and 2020 collaborating on it. Funny little tidbit, uh, we were both doing a national radio interview on Sirius XM not too long ago. And I think the host said something like, so Mark, how is it working? You know, you're, you're a Gen Xer and you know, Michael's 30 plus years younger than you. Um, and I said, well, funny, believe it or not, we actually have never met. <laughs> we've worked together virtually this whole time. So we've worked together by phone, by Zoom, by, by email, by everything. We've actually never met. Um, but I said, I think it worked out pr you know, pretty well. So yeah, the Engaging Gen Z book is really, to me, if you're a employer trying to recruit and retain Gen Z, if you're a supervisor or manager who's managing Gen Z, if you're mm -hmm. a brand or an agency who's trying to market to Gen Z, if you're a media company who's trying to survive and succeed in the next 10, 15 years and needs to understand Gen Z, that's really who that book uh, is geared toward, or all those individuals, because to me, if they don't understand you, Audrey, and Gen Z now and over the next 10, 15 years, they're going to lose an entire generation. And as I like to say in my speeches, I think you'll be out of business in 10 or 15 years if you don't truly engage Generation Z. Yeah, that, it's great to hear. You know, Gen Z can get a bad rap for being lazy or, you know, wanting instant gratification. So it's good to hear that there's someone out there finding the good in us. Um, you mentioned a little bit about how the industry is really changing and you know, this will be kind of one of my last questions here about um, We know that the industry is evolving. So how do you recommend our listeners become a part of that change? As far as just like you mean kind of overall marketing industry. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know Gen Z and again We're not you know, I don't mean to keep going back to Gen Z But I think it's important because no, again a couple things I didn't mention earlier Gen Z is the largest consumer segment you know, now. So there are more Gen Zers than any other consumer segment in the world. So that's real important. Two, as you know, Audrey, and again, I'm saying things that you know well, <laughs> um, Gen Z is the oldest Gen Zers like you are just graduating college, which means for the next 10, 12, 15 years, Gen Zers are going to be entering the workforce. Um, and as I talk about in my, in my um, keynotes, you know, Gen Z does not consume media and content the way I did growing up, the way older generations, they still consume content, they still consume media, but they're not turning on the five o'clock news. They're not picking up USA Today in the morning, right? So it's all those things that, I'm just gonna use the broad term of marketers, marketing agencies, brand marketers at companies need to understand. And the one thing that, 
I didn't mention is, you know, Gen Z does not respond to traditional advertising and marketing. They're not really tuning in to 30 second television commercials. So you've got to figure out if they're not, how do we engage them? So yeah, I'll just give you a quick sense. You know, I try to do quarterly Gen Z surveys of Gen Zers across America, you know, every three to six months. Um, and in the most recent survey, I gave Gen Zers like 30 options and just said, if you were a marketer, or, you know, how, what is the most effective way to engage you? And again, they could, they could choose multiple answers, but far and away, far and away, give me an experience of some kind that I can interact with, that I can immerse myself in, that I can then share on social media and in the process advocate on behalf of your brand. So, you know, just nuances like that. And I gave them things like television commercials and ads, and those things all obviously fell towards the bottom, but it was that experiential. Now, of course, in today's world, experience is a little bit different. It may be a virtual experience. It may not, you know, it's probably not a physical experience, at least not in 2020. So it's all those nuances. But as I said earlier, and this is really, uh, I hate to say a promotion here for Audrey and, and, and her, her fellow Gen Zers, if you're listening, if you're an ad agency, a marketing agency, a brand that focuses on marketing, what you need to do is instead of trying to figure it out on your own, you need to bring folks like Audrey on board, you need to hire them full time. And instead of you spinning your wheels researching and figuring this out, you bring individuals like Audrey on board who again, live it. They are Gen Zers, they know it. You'll still do research, but I would do it through the lens of actual Gen Zers and have them um, serve as kind of that, um, the leaders. And, and I've seen it. We see brands who are doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I think Target is a great example. I do no work with Target, so I have no reason to promote them. But <laughs> Target two years ago was the first to create their own Gen Z incubator or think tank. So again, instead of Target marketers saying, how do we get to this new generation? Well, simple. Let's invite 50 into the fold. And that's exactly what they did. They created a nationwide, what they call an incubator, or excuse me, yeah, an incubator. And they're on an ongoing basis, you know, engaging those Gen Zers. What are your thoughts on, I don't know, this product, this marketing, this campaign? What would you do? What kind of content's gonna resonate most? Uh, all those things. And so I always give credit to Target as one of the first brands that truly understand. And if you're gonna attempt to market to Gen Z, you actually have to first bring them into the fold and collaborate with them. And, and that collaboration will lead to tremendous, again, engagement. Yeah, definitely. So for our listeners and people, you know, that want to be part of the change in marketing, honestly, as cliche as it sounds, the best thing that Gen Z can do is be themselves and tap into what they like, what their peers like, um, et cetera. So just to wrap it up, is there anything else that you didn't get to say that you want to share with our listeners? Any last words? <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, you covered a lot. I mean, in the short time here, we covered a lot. And I think we covered a lot that's important now and in the future, right? Both from a Gen Z perspective, from your perspective, as far as getting out there and you know, again, everything from networking to collaborating, but also from the perspective of brands and marketers and agencies. So even though I've probably said it already, I'll say it again. If you're listening to this, if you are a marketer, if you are an agency, um, if you, um, you know, are anything in marketing, advertising, public relations, communications, now and over the next 15 to 20 years, Generation Z will become, if not your primary consumer focus, a primary consumer focus. And my recommendation is very simple. Engage folks like Audrey, bring her into the fold, bring others into the fold, and truly understand 
everything about Gen Z. So that's number one. I'd say number two, if you're a Gen Zer like Audrey and my students at Rutgers, continue to be positive, continue to be optimistic. You have incredible entrepreneurial spirit and mindset. You have incredible knowledge when it comes to technology, social, digital content. You are the purpose generation. You are the most diverse generation. Never think that you don't have great, great, great value to bring to employers and organizations and companies. You do. So don't let this pandemic get you down. You've got incredible value and you will shine. Um, this is just a little bump in the road, but, but you, know, you will deliver tremendous value now and over the next 15, 20 years to, to organizations, brands, and companies. So just stay positive, be positive, and, and good things will result. Great. I think that's the perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for being here today, Mark. Thank you, Audrey. much for listening to the entire episode of the breaking and entering podcast audrey did a great job so thank you again audrey and thank you to mark beal for coming on remember markbealspeaks.com is the website you guys want to go to to connect and see his work uh have to give our shout out to uh mikey malarkey our audio technician buchan jong our graphic designer uh and yeah we'll see you next week for another great episode have a good one